Welcome, weary travelers, to the great big universe of Excess Press. This is a weekly podcast to bring you the news of the Disney theme parks and resorts. Witness for yourselves the wonders of Excess Press. And now, let's begin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Excess Press. My name is Matt and I'm the host of this Disney Theme Parks News Podcast. This is episode 24 for the week of December 2nd, 2018. We are now into the first week of December. That means Christmas is in full swing. Everyone's getting their trees. Everyone's putting the wreaths on the door, hanging up their Christmas lights. And those are all stuff that I, I, I just haven't done yet. Uh, so I think I'm, I was supposed to do it this weekend, but I didn't. Uh, but I think we're going to be starting this week because uh, soon enough, it's it's Christmas will be here and I won't even have a tree. But uh, anyways, I, go, I hope you guys are now enjoying the holiday season, maybe listening to some Christmas tunes. But, uh, but yeah, I, am, I don't think I'm quite ready for Christmas yet. But anyways, um, so I hope everyone had a great week. Uh, I last, uh, the last show I put out was the second cast member interview that I did with Jen. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed that episode. It was a lot of fun talking to her about her time when she worked over at the Emporium in the Magic Kingdom. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would I would do so after you listen to this one. Um, it's a lot of fun. Those are they're really great episodes. So uh, I can't wait to bring you the next one next week. So, so this week's episode for the news, um, nothing too crazy happening, but there's some pretty cool news stories. So uh, they announced that a new Toy Story Hotel is going to be Uh, opening up in Tokyo Disneyland, so we'll discuss a little bit about that. Um, And then we're going to talk about a new tower that is coming to the Swan and Dolphin, Uh, and then there's also a lot more, and we're also going to be answering some uh, listener questions. Um, So before we begin, I also just want to let you guys know that uh, you will be hearing ads in the podcast now. Uh, I actually use the Anchor app uh, and website to upload my shows, and they came out with a new program to help podcasters monetize their shows. Um, I believe the ads will always be put at the beginning of the show, but I'm not certain. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if they'll show up in the middle of the episode, uh, but I just I don't really have control over where it place, uh, gets placed. But from what I've seen so far, it's usually just at the beginning of the episode, so... Um, I mean, this this show does take a lot of work to produce, especially with two shows a week now, and I love doing it, and I, I really hope you guys uh, keep enjoying the show. Um, but anyways, I, I, just, I just wanted to quickly bring that up and, and let you know, um, But and, and I want to thank you guys so much for supporting the show. I, I truly do appreciate it. Um, so anyways, why don't we just jump right into it and begin this week's episode of the XS Press Podcast. 
So for the first news story of the week, we're going to be discussing uh, the Toy Story Hotel over at Tokyo Disney. It was announced by the uh, Oriental Land Company that uh, a new hotel will be coming to the Tokyo Disney Resort in either 2021 or early 2022. They said within the 2021 fiscal year, so it could be any time in that time frame. But uh, So it will be a 600-room hotel, which will, of course, be... Uh, based on the Toy Story films, and it will be developed in the Tokyo Disney Resort area. Uh, and there's actually already a Toy Story hotel at the Shanghai Disney Resort, which opened up in 2016. Um, so the guest rooms will be inspired by Andy's bedroom, of course, from the original film, and guests will be, expect to see colorful, uh, colorful furniture uh, and other immersive features that are inspired by the world of Toy Story. Um, and of course, in the hotel, there's going to be a lot of that as well. And there will be a restaurant uh, that will allow families to just enjoy a very casual uh, lunch or dinner. Uh, and it will be at a reasonable price um, for the hotel. So it's not going to be anything fancy, but it'll be fun for everyone. Uh, but yeah, so again, they are looking to open up this in 2021 or 2022. So I... I really want to go to the Tokyo Disney Resort out of all the resorts that are that are outside of the United States. The Tokyo Disney Resort is the one I really want to go to. I actually just had some friends uh, not, go not too long ago uh, on their honeymoon. Uh, it was part of their honeymoon, and uh, they said they absolutely loved it, and they want to go back. And eh, it just really makes me want to go. So I feel like if I were to go to the resort, I would have to stay in the, this Toy Story Hotel. So I probably wouldn't be able to go to the Tokyo Disneyland until well after 2022 anyways so but yeah so that was pr pretty cool thing that was announced so uh the next piece of news kind of slipped through the cracks of the Disney news that I read uh a few months ago but it was announced by Marriott International the owner of Disney's Disney World Swan and Dolphin that they will be adding uh, a new tower to the hotels. So they actually just broke ground this past week uh, on the tower. So it's they're starting building it now. But the new tower is going to be called the Cove. And again, it's coming to the Swan and Dolphin Resorts. Um, and it will be a 349-room addition. Uh, the new tower will actually be located across the street from the Swan and uh, Dolphin. Um, as well as the Fantasia Garden Miniature uh, Fantasia Garden Miniature Golf Course, uh, the new tower will feature more than 21,000 square feet of meeting space on three floors, including the top floor, which will offer views of the nightly fireworks at Epcot and the Hollywood Studios. There will be 198 traditional rooms and 151 suites offering private executive meeting spaces equipped with state-of-the-art te uh, state technology. There will be a 75-seat restaurant, including a 50-seat lounge and bar area for additional space for other functions 
Uh, there will be a full-service health club with private changing rooms and a landscaped 300. Uh, sorry, a landscaped 16,800 square foot elevated deck with a fire put, a uh, fire pit, and a 90-foot long pool. So, it sounds like this uh, this tower is going to be pretty much for like conventions or like business outings. Um, at least that's what it seems like. Uh, but it actually sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, so it's actually expected to open in 2020. So while we're actually on the topic of the Swan and Dolphin, I do want to mention the quick uh, some, a few quick things about it. So these hotels are located uh, on Disney property, but they're not actually owned by the Disney company. Again, they're owned by Marriott. Uh, so these hotels, they don't get all the same perks like all of the other Disney resorts, but they do get some. Uh, I think one of the best things about these resorts is their location. They are very close to both Epcot and Hollywood Studios, and there is boat transportation to both parks, and you also get access to all the other Disney transportation. Uh, the hotels actually have a lot of great amenities, but you you won't see the same theming and quality as you would a Disney resort. When staying out of the Swan and Dolphin, you actually can participate in the Extra Magic Hours program, which is if you want to go to the parks like an hour early or like stay like an hour or so later after the park closes. Uh, that's so that's for resort guests. Um, and you actually do get free parking at the theme parks, which is nice, as well as package delivery from the theme parks to the hotel. Uh, the one thing you don't get, though, is you can't charge items in the parks to your room key. And the guests of the Swan and Dolphin do not qualify for Disney's Magical Express, which is the free transportation from the uh, to and from the uh, Orlando airport to the Disney resorts. Um, the Swan and Dolphin guests can book FastPass, uh, FastPass Plus selections 60 days before arrival, like other Disney Resort guests, uh, but you do not get a free Magic Band. Yeah, if you want a Magic Band, you they are available for purchase at the Swan and Dolphin or a, a, a variety of different merchandise outlets if you want one. So. Uh, yeah, I figured I'd just give a little brief rundown on the Swan and Dolphins because I know some people are confused by the resorts. Uh, they don't know. People don't realize that it's actually not a part of Disney. Um, I've, act I've never stayed there. I'm not sure if I ever would pretty much because it's not a Disney resort. If I go to Disney, I really want to stay in the, the bubble. Uh, but again, I think one of the best perks that they have is the locations. Like they are super close to both Epcot and Hollywood Studios that it's walking distance and they have the the boats uh, from what I've heard I think well actually from my experience too I I actually have walked uh, to towards those resorts to the, the boardwalk before and I actually think walking is faster than the boats um, the boats just they have a lot of stops and it could take a while to get the places but yeah anyways so yeah I just wanted to give you guys some brief uh, some brief information about that so I'm going to take a quick break uh, and then just sit right tight, uh, sit tight, and we'll be right back. We can't wait for June. We'll all be gone for the summer. We're on safari to stay. Tell the teacher we're serving, serving USA. 
So there's some news about the Play Disney Parks app. Uh, we talked about the app and how it can be your companion while you're in the parks. Uh, you can even listen to. Uh, you can even use it at home and listen to the Disney playlists that are available through Apple Music. So there are new playlists available as well as new achievements for the holiday seasons at both the Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World. New achievements can be had at the Disneyland Resort if you ride It's a Small World Holiday, Grizzly River Run, or the Haunted Mansion Holiday. Uh, both uh, Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts uh, will feature special Apple Music playlists, including a Disney Holidays Hits playlist at both the Disneyland Park and Walt uh, Magic Kingdom Park. Uh, and then over at the Disney's California Adventure Park uh, in California, of course, uh, a special Festival of the Holidays playlist can be found throughout the Festival of Holidays and its multicultural celebrations. Uh, and then over at Epcot, fans can enjoy the Candlelight Processional album, which will feature songs and narration from the show. But that's not all. There's actually now a new playlist from Disney uh, in, in Spanish, which is available uh, in the app at the uh, Epcot's Mexico Pavilion. Uh, you'll be able to listen to songs from Disney Pixar's Coco, as well as other Disney movies and shows, and they are all in Spanish. So if you're not sure how it works or how the app works, uh, you can just go to the park map and you'll see the music icon. Uh, once you tap on it, an Apple Music playlist will come up from each of the parks and dedicated lists throughout various uh, areas within the parks. So uh, you will be able to listen to the samples of the songs, but if you want to listen to the full length versions, you do have to have a subscription to Apple Music. Um, and from what I've read, you can actually sign up for a free uh, three-month uh, trial subscription to Apple Music. Otherwise, I think it costs around $10 a month afterwards. Uh, and I know Apple Music is not only available on Apple phones, but it is available on Android. So you can get it on either or. You don't have to have an uh, Apple phone to enjoy Apple Music. So... I mean, I don't know if uh, you're like me, but I absolutely love listening to the music. And this actually seems kind of tempting to, to get Apple Music for this reason. Uh, but it's also kind of tough because I like, I, there are plenty of other places I, I listen to um, Disney Park music. So anyways, but that's some of the new news that are coming from the Disney Parks app this week. So the next uh, piece of news, uh, this is kind of for all the Disney Vacation Club, uh, Disney Vacation Club members out there. Um, but the Moonlight Magic After Hours event will be returning in 2019. So DVC members and their guests can go to uh, the Disney theme parks after they've closed to regular day guests. There will be, of course, shorter wait times on some of the attractions, as well as special character meet and greet opportunities, complimentary refreshments and dance parties, and more. The registration process in 2019 uh, comes with a, a bit of a new look. Uh, when, you're, when the booking window becomes available, you just visit the event page you'd like to attend and then select RSVP and make sure you have your uh, Disney DVC member uh, number on hand. Uh, you'll then be entered into a virtual waiting room so you can secure your place in line and you just don't have to refresh the page. Uh, when a available spot opens up, you'll be taken to the registration form to sign up for a Night of the Moonlight Magic. 
So it's going to be happening throughout the year. So actually here are some of the, the dates uh, that you can select for those online reservations and when each of the events will open. So if you would like to go to the Moonlight Magic at the Disneyland Park, uh, that will be happening on January 31st of 2019. And you can uh, book on December 18th of 2018 at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and 8 a.m. PS uh, Pacific Standard Time. Um, for the rest of these, I'm not going to list the times out. I'm not sure why I was doing it, but all the information is online, but I'll, I am going to list like the parks and their dates. So uh, if you would like to go to the Magic Kingdom, Moonlight Magic, uh, they are uh, going to be the dates are going to be February 5th and February 12th. And you can start you could book that on January 9th. Uh, if you want to go to the Hollywood Studios Moonlight Magic, it is March 20th and March 27th, and you can book that on February 14th. If you want to go to Epcot Moonlight Magic, it is May 13th and May 20th, and you can book that on April 3rd. If you want to go to Disney's Animal Kingdom, it is July 18th, the August 8th and 22nd, and you can book that on June 5th. Uh, and then the last one, if you want to go to the Typhoon Lagoon Water Park, uh, you can do that. Uh, the dates for that are September 18th and October 16th, and you can book that starting on Monday, um, August 12th. Uh, so you can, if you are a DVC member, you can actually go only go to one event at uh, each of the participating parks. So you can, for your membership, you can only do one. So. Choose wisely which one. Uh, choose wisely which ones you would like to do, uh, but a reservation is required, and a member can only register. Like they can register them, themselves and up to three additional guests. So, uh, but yeah, so these these are pretty much working like those. Um, uh, what are they called? Dis after dark? No, Ex I, I can't remember. It's those special hard ticketed events that are for regular day guests that you can buy like a, a hard ticket for it's like 120 bucks but it's, so it's similar to that but the the dvc members just kind of get it free with their their membership so uh but yeah so like i said it's it, it's it's it should be fun if you're a DC, dvc member hopefully you can enjoy one of these free events uh for you so unfortunately i'm not a dvc member and i will not be able to uh do that uh, so yeah, we have a couple more news stories for you this week. Um, Walt Disney World Resort actually celebrated uh, 1 million mobile orders in the My Disney Experience app, and that's for the the food, uh, the mobile food ordering. Um, so if you're not familiar with it, I've talked about it plenty of times. You can order, pay uh, for all your for some of your meals and snacks at the Disney's um, quick service locations. So to celebrate this, Chef Mickey Mouse was on hand at the Magic Kingdom Park to commemorate the occasion. Uh, he was there with a lot of other cast members who to help uh, guests order and pick up many of these million mobile orders. Uh, so they actually surprised and honored the uh, family from North Carolina as they picked up uh, their mobile order on uh, the, they were getting a Dole Whip at Aloha Isle, and it was the millionth. Um, it was the millionth mobile order. 
So this family actually got like a $500, they got a gift card up to $500 that they could use for food and beverage mobile orders at any of the 20 participating quick service locations in Walt Disney World. So, uh, you know what guys, I, people have been asking me about tips for going to Walt Disney World. Uh, people have been going recently and there's one, I actually gave this tip out last night of uh, this uh, a mother said her son was actually going to Disney World and like next week and she wanted to know if I had any tips and the one tip I keep giving everyone is if you're going to Magic or not just Magic Kingdom but if you're going to Walt Disney World make sure you use mobile food ordering within the My Disney Experience app uh, it will save you so much time um, maybe I shouldn't tell people this that I gotta I should keep the secret um but it, it just, it really does save you so much time. I've, I've said this on previous shows. I'm going to say it again. If you're going to Disney World, make sure you use the food mobile, mobile ordering app. It could save you up to like 30 to 45 minutes of, of time. Like don't wait in those long lines at the Magic Kingdom just or Epcot or Hollywood Studios, wherever. Just don't, don't wait in those long lines for food. There, there's no reason to do it on your phone. Go pick it up at the window when it's ready. It's it's very easy to use. So, anyways, it's it's neat that uh, I don't even know if the service has been in a year yet, but it's just neat that there are now over a million mobile orders in the My Disney Experience app. You can download that at any of the iOS devices and Google Play for Android. So please take advantage of it. All right, so our last piece of news today, it's very, very quick, but um, I've talked about it a few times on the past few episodes, but if you're planning a trip to Walt Disney World next year, you can actually now book for the Grand Destino Tower at Coronado Springs Resort. Uh, again, I've talked about it recently, so keep me a brief. It's This is a the brand new tower that was built uh, over at the Coronado Springs, and it will be the new welcome point for all guests checking in. So if you would like to stay there, you can now book for any time after July 9th. So if you're interested, you can do that right now. Um, but anyway, so guys, that is actually the news for today. Uh, we do have some questions from our listeners, uh, but I'm going to take a short break and I'll be right back. So it's time for listening to questions. We actually have three today, which is, I think, a new record. So, yeah, three questions today. So the first one comes from the Theme Park Warriors on Instagram. They ask, what improvements do I think the Land Pavilion needs? Uh, so if you're not familiar with the Land Pavilion, it is, of course, in Epcot. Um, it's kind of in Future World West. It's in, yeah, it's one of the Future Worlds. But so this one is a little tough for me to answer because honestly I don't spend a lot of time there when I visit I usually just go on Soren and leave um, but after like thinking about the question I I think most of the improvements would to be would be remodeling it um, now the queue for Soren is 
I mean, in my opinion, it's the second worst queue on Walt Disney World property uh, next to Rock and Roller Coaster, which I think is the worst queue. Um, so Soren, the queue is, it, it's just a very boring, long hallway, I, I guess you could call it. I mean, the, the space for it is huge. It could fit a lot of people like going across from it. And, and I just feel like you're, you're never moving in there. I feel like you stop for a long time and then like you wait and then you move like I was hoping there would be some improvements when they built the third theater uh but they but they didn't uh, I mean if I if I remember correctly I think they did update the game that was on the the projector screens because it used to be this like weird touch game and I remember like you have to use your arms to like do something with it but I remember it just like never worked properly but I think I think they updated it so you can use your phone. I can't, I can't remember. Um, but anyways, I would I would love to see Disney to improve on that queue somehow because it oh God, it's terrible. It really needs to get updated. So hopefully maybe sometime in the future. But I mean it's the queue. So if the ride's not down, they need to they need to be able to make sure guests can go on it. But anyways, so that's one thing. Uh, I also think the main building on the inside, like as soon as you enter the pavilion, I think that could use a bit of a makeover. It looks pretty outdated and it's it's ugly in my opinion. I mean, I'm not an interior designer, but I think some minimal design work could be done to help it out. Maybe like the, from the ceiling, there's like these ribbons that are coming out of it, like maybe changing the color of the ribbons. Uh, there's also these like ugly lamp shades like there's these big tall lamp towers I, th I don't know if that's what you call them but there's all the seating is there's these big towers and these ugly lamp shades and uh, I, yeah, I just think it's kind of gross I mean I, I think the lamp pavilion is pretty good though uh, I, th I think everything else should stay they have the food court in there I've heard great things about garden grill uh, I actually I really want to eat there next time I go because I've, I've heard so many good things um, I mean, Soren is a lot of fun, and I don't want to see that attraction go. And I actually think the land attraction should stay as well. I mean, I think it's kind of cool for the, the the younger kids. I mean, I don't think teenagers might appreciate it as much, but I think the younger kids still like it. And, and at least it's it's also a place to just kind of sit down and unwind for a bit if you're in the park for a long time. But if you actually don't know this, the, uh, the, the land actually produces a lot of the food that the restaurants use in Epcot. Uh, so it's kind of cool that they use that like type of sustainability for the restaurants. And I guess a lot of the, the fruits and vegetables that are used at the restaurants are from the land. So I really don't want that to go away. I mean, I'm not like I don't ride the land. Uh, it's just not something I want to do when I go there. But for the purpose of the food being used at the restaurants i think it should stay so those are my quick thoughts on what i think the the improvements that the land pavilion needs so uh the theme park warriors thank you for that question all right so the next question comes from our friends at kingdom collectors on instagram if you're not following that page already it's really cool this this guy uh he's actually a friend of mine he has like the best uh collection of just disney memorabilia it's insane some of the things he has like he's he has he has great posts he posts like the coolest things i'm like how like how does he have these like random things uh he always put he has lots of pins so he has like a thing the pin pins of the day uh but yeah check out kingdom collectors over on, Inst on instagram so he's awesome but so his question is, what is the number one 
must-have food item each time I go. Uh, so actually, it's it's mostly snacks. So I've actually, if you go back and listen to episode 11, um, I talk about like my favorite snacks that I have to have every time I go. Um, uh, so I'll 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 kind of reiterate that here. Uh, but if you want to have like a more in-depth conversation uh, about all of that, uh, or if you want to listen to more about that episode, you can go to episode 11 where I discuss that in full. Um, so my I'm gonna name three. Actually, you know what? I'll name I'll name one of them, uh, and then go back to listen to episode 11 to find out more. But so my number one must-have food. I my favorite thing is the car. Um, the caramel apple cookie that's over at the caramel couche in Germany. Absolutely love it. It's fantastic. Um, I highly recommend it uh, if you've never had it before. It's it's uh, it's just so good. So that's my number one food item. But there, yeah, there are a few more. Uh, when it comes to like meals, um, I don't really have a must-have. Like I like to try different things uh, when I when I go. So it's. Yeah, it's mostly snacks. Every time I go, I have to have this, that snack. So, um, But yeah, so Kingdom Collectors, thank you for that question. And then the last question of the day comes from my buddy Ben. He asked, uh, it was kind of a vague question, but he asked, uh, Hopper Passes, best deal and how they work. So Park Hoppers, um, so it's a little tough to explain. So... So I want to talk about Disneyland and Disney World. Um, so I'm actually going to start with Disneyland because it's a bit easier. So with the Hopper Passes at Disneyland, uh, pretty much like you, I don't think you're really going to find a deal on Hopper Passes. I mean, when it comes to Disney World tickets, it's hard to find uh, find a good deal because like you really have to purchase them through Disney. Like it's it's tough to find a third party to sell the tickets, but. Um, if you want to get a park hopper pass, it looks like it's a flat $50 charge. Um, if, if like, no matter if you were going for one day, if you're going for two days, three days, four, it's just $50 on top of the tickets that you purchase. Um, and I, I was kind of talking about it. I think it was last week. I was mentioning it. I think it was last week. Uh, I think the park hopper pass at Disneyland, uh, oh yeah, you know what? I was talking about it because they came out with that new deal about the the tickets. So, um, but yeah, I think the Park Hopper Pass is totally worth it at Disneyland. You can just easily go back and forth between the two parks because they're literally 50 feet from each other. So, um, so yeah, I talked about it a bit last week. So if you want to hear more of my thoughts, again, listen to that one. But it's yeah, I, it's fifty dollars at Disneyland, and it's totally worth it. So, um, so. When it comes to Disney World, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult to explain because now that Disney has the date-based tickets, um, it's it's tough to see. So it, it looks like because you're kind of paying per day, it looks like it could be like tw- like twenty dollars per day, at, at, like if you add a, a park hopper pass. Um, so say like if you're going for four days, it might be like twenty dollars. Uh, per day so it's, it's like maybe $80 in total um, so but it's tough but I mean it park hopper passes work the same way at Disney World where you can go to any any of the parks so for instance what I know people love to do is like say they go to Magic Kingdom uh, and from the morning into the afternoon 
uh, and then they take they take a break and then say they have a reservation at Le Cellier in Epcot and then they, at night for dinner and then they want to watch Illuminations. So they could do that where they split their time in the parks, they go back to the resort for a bit to relax. Um, sometimes people like to do a four parks in one day challenge. You can go to every single park in one day if you'd like to. Um, so they do have the water parks. Uh, if you want to go to the water parks though, that is actually an additional cost on top of uh, the park. It's I think it's called like Park Hopper Pass or Park Hopper Option. I forget what ex the exact name of it. But if you want to add water parks to your stay, you can do that as well. So, yeah, that's kind of all the information I have on the Park Hopper Passes. Um, I kind of I kind of hope that answers your question. I know when it comes to, like, pricing, it's... it's Disney World is very strange with their pricing now. It's, it's they, There's no real set price anymore. It, it really depends on the time of year that you're visiting. Um, but if you're going to Disneyland, it looks like it's just like a $50 flat rate. Uh, on top of it, and I, I, I think it's worth it. I think it's it's cool that you can go from one park to the other. Um, I was so I would recommend it, but you, you don't have to if you're trying to save some money because it is fifty dollars per person. So, but yeah. So, thank you guys for all of your questions. I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I think this is a, a bit shorter of an episode this week. Uh, not too much happening. We got some cool news here and there. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for this week's episode. But make sure you tune in for later this week where I drop the third interview uh, with a cast member. Uh, I'll be talking to Micah from the Disney Time podcast um, where he talks about his experience working at Walt Disney World. Um, so again, if you're actually, if you were a previous cast member and you would like to be on the show, uh, please reach out to me. Um, I would love to have you on. It, it would be great to listen, uh, to your experiences. So if you want to reach out to me, you can find me over on either Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at excess press podcast. Or if you want to email me, you can shoot me an email over at excesspresspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and if you have just any general questions about the parks or tips or anything, you can you can do that as well. Um, so if you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do that over either on Anchor or Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or pretty much however you listen to podcasts. Um, if you're... If you're actually subscribed to the Anchor app, you can send me a voice message. So if you have any tips or comments or questions about a previous show, you can do so over there. And I could play your message on an upcoming show. Um, but yeah, if you're, uh, you can also check us out at excesspresspodcast.com. And if you're listening on, if you're at work and you want to listen on like the desktop, you can go to the website and I have all the episodes there as well. So, all right. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in and for your support of the show. This is Matt from the Excess Press Podcast signing off. Until next time, travelers. We hope to see you next week. And remember to seize the future with excess. Bon voyage.